three, two, one. Thank you for joining us for the Welcome to the Hall podcast, courtesy of the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame and the El Paso Sports Commission. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the best of the best from past inductees into your El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame. Welcome to the Hall, ladies and gentlemen, another edition of the podcast for the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame. We want to thank my man Ace for being the producer for this segment, as well as we'd like to thank all our very special guests joining us as well. And today we have Mr. John Waddell. Mr. Waddell, thank you for joining us. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. Thank you for having me here. Long time UTEP time as far as track and field, but <laughs> even more so, you're in two different Hall of Fames. You're in the UTEP Hall of Fame. And you're also in the El Paso yep. Athletic Hall of Fame, so congratulations on both of those. But what a great career yep. you've had as a coach. I was very lucky to be at the right time, right place at the right time with the right athletes, I think. Where did you? Uh, where were you born, sir? Uh, Los Angeles, California. And what, Downtown L.A. Downtown L.A., huh? And how did you get to Yeah, that? actually. Um... Well, I went to school at, at the U of A, Tucson, and graduated in accounting and worked for a national CPA firm in L.A. after I got out of school and uh, left the accounting uh, job and was interviewing for other jobs, and I was still participating as a high jumper, and I was training at Long Beach State, and the coach there asked me if I would help them with their jumpers, a guy named Ted Banks. And, um, so I, I helped him while I was looking for another job and, uh, I thought, wouldn't it be cool if I could coach track and field? So, uh, I took a chance since there weren't many jobs available and, uh, my degree was in accounting and statistics. Uh, and I took a job, took the, the job as a graduate assistant at Long Beach State and then Ted called and asked me to come over to El Paso. And uh, that's how I got there. Wow. Called me. He called me at midnight, I think, and said, I need an assistant coach. Will you come over? So. And what high school did you go to? I did. Linwood High, L-Y-N-W-O-D. It's right next to Compton and Southgate and Long Beach down in that area. And is that where you honed your hills to be a track coach? <laughs> Well, I, I was an athlete in track. I was a high jumper and a hurdler and a, uh, at, at the high school. I wasn't very, I wasn't very good. I wasn't, uh, I jumped about five feet, eight or nine inches. I think as a senior, I had, uh, injured my foot and uh, was having trouble jumping. Went on to, uh, Compton junior college, which was just close by as a freshman, only jumped six feet. And then I had my foot operated on in the first meet after that in my sophomore year, I jumped six, nine. So, um, wow. improved and got a scholarship to Arizona. And is Greg joy one of the greatest <laughs> ever? Uh, yeah, you, Greg was, is very good. I mean, he was very good. Um, I think the two Canadian high jumpers that I had out of Canada, uh, Greg joy and Milt Audie, when you figure that, that Greg uh, is six feet, five inches tall. Right. Milt Audie was five feet, nine inches tall. And actually, uh, Milt jumped higher than Greg. So they're both very good. They both had their definite talents. Uh, both of them were very determined um, 
to be the best they could be. In fact, in my office here, I have a picture of myself with Greg and Milt. And uh, we were at a track meet up in Canada. Uh, so that goes way back, and, and they've, they hold a special uh, appreciation in my heart to, as a high jumper myself to have those two guys as high jumpers. It was a real thrill and a, and, and a joy. And, you know, during the time that you were here at UTEP as a coach as well, you talk about Don Haskins and all the great teams he had in basketball, but people, many people do not realize how great the track program was at that time also. Well, it's a well-kept secret, you know, that uh, I think I, I was at a, uh, a luncheon in, in El Paso at one time, invited to speak and introduce, I think, uh, Bob Kitchens. And I started asking people, everybody remembered, all the great teams that Don Haskins had in the one national championship in 1966 and how many all Americans that basketball had had and asked them if they knew how many all Americans track it had and how many national championship teams. And nobody really knew. Cause I think we had at that time, like 260 or 270 all Americans in 21 national championships. So yeah, it was well kept secret. Now, when you were coaching at UTEP, a lot of times people talk about, oh, man, UTEP never recruits the local athletes. They never go after our athletes. <laughs> how, mm-hmm. diff- how difficult is it as a track coach when you walk out there at a track meet and you see somebody, obviously you have the time, you can look at the stopwatch and see the great times, or you can see the athleticism of the athlete. What re- really determines the particular person you want to come to UTEP? Um, I, I was, um, it took a little bit of time and I guess a good example of that would be Milt who was five feet, nine inches tall and who had jumped seven feet up in Canada. And, um, and prior to, I, I, be, I had two stints at UTEP, you know, 73, 70 through 75 and then, uh, 70, 80, 1980 through 82. And so when I was at Berkeley, I started, uh, some communication with Milt up in Canada and then when I came back to UTEP, I continued that, that conversation. And he told me, you know, how he wanted to come and everybody wants to come, you know, to a good school in the U S and fortunately because of indoor track, I was able to travel with some of our athletes at UTEP up into Canada and, and we would go to uh, Ottawa and, and Winnipeg and, and some other places up there in the middle of nowhere. And I got to see Milt jump, um, as a high school kid and get to see him jump right at seven feet. And I remember coming back and I told Ted, I said, I think this, this kid looks pretty good. And he said, how tall is he? And I said, five, nine. And Ted said, oh, we don't want him. Um, but I stayed in contact with him. Milk continued to jump pretty well. I knew he had a lot of faults in his jumping technique. And uh, so we offered him a partial scholarship and he jumped on it to come to UTEP for a, full, for a partial scholarship. And when we, he arrived, we ended up giving him a full scholarship. Uh, and uh, Ted told me, he said it was one of the best decisions we'd made to bring that kid in because obviously he did pretty, pretty well. And, you know, you talk about the international athlete. You were the ones that defined mm-hmm. being able to get those international athletes to come to El Paso, be a part of UTEP and the great program, the great tradition. And now everybody does it, mm-hmm. but at that time, nobody was doing it, basically. <laughs> well, actually, there was another school that had done it prior to us, ah. UCLA. And, and UCLA had actually won the national championships with several foreign athletes, especially in the field events. 
And then when we started winning, they started calling us the Foreign Legion and saying it wasn't right to have all these foreign athletes when, in fact, they had started it. And the second team, um, who probably was about the same time we were, was Washington State, who had a lot of Kenyan athletes. Um, and, of course, BYU always had foreign athletes, yeah, especially in the jumps. Yeah, jumps and the throws, they'd have several foreign athletes. So I wouldn't say we were the first, but I think that uh, between us and and, and Washington State, uh, the de- developmental uh, aspects of our distance running uh, really took off because several schools, including UTEP, uh, we'd had some throwers from uh, the Scandinavian countries because uh, when I first got there as an assistant coach, you know, we had uh, Hans Hoagland, who was uh, an absolute stud shot putter. And um, so we'd had a little bit of that, but not a lot. And we just kind of expanded on it because, you know, trying to compete and trying to be the best you could be. Uh, we did try to recruit American athletes. And in doing that, uh, we would come in second or third for them. Um, which is an expensive thing because you got to do a lot of traveling to see them, bring them in, etc. And then you come in second, which means <laughs> they went somewhere else. <laughs> so we had several kids that I know that we recruited. Uh, a few of them went to UCLA, a few of them went to Texas, uh, and some other schools. But uh, yeah, it was it was tough. I mean, if you're an 18 year old kid and and you're going to visit a campus and you go to UCLA and you go to Texas and then you come to UTEP. I mean, it's a lot different. And um, so, I mean, they can be attracted to things at those other schools maybe that we didn't have or we didn't we didn't offer. Uh, but, yeah, it was tough. And so recruiting athletes from other countries was not easy either. I know our first real distance runner that we got was a kid named Wilson Wagwa. And Wilson, uh, uh, actually, Ted, Ted was contacted by a sports writer in Africa, in Kenya, and said, there's a young man here named Wilson Wagler, and I think you guys ought to take a look at him. And uh, we had enough scholarships back there where we could take some chances. And uh, Ted said, well, how fast is he? He said, well, he runs a mile in like 408, which is not stupendous, but it's a good high school mile, you know, decent high school mile. But he was running that at 8,000 feet altitude. So uh, to come down in altitude from that, you're going to run a lot faster. And so we got Wilson. And after that, Wilson would come in and say, I have a friend who would like to come. And uh, it kind of blossomed from that into getting a, several of those Kenyan athletes and, and some other athletes like Suleiman Nyambui that kind of uh, came out of that, con- that, that communication with Wilson uh, way back when. Now, you were also the coach of the Utah women's track team too. Yes. Yeah. I, I, after I first coached at UTEP and then I coached at Cal Berkeley and then I came back, I was the head women's track coach and the assistant men's track coach. Um, we only had two full-time coaches at UTEP at that time. It was Ted and myself. And so it was a, it was a lot of work, uh, coaching the women's and coaching the men's too. Uh, I ended up with two really good graduate assistants, uh, Vaughn Courtney and Curtis Collier. Curtis was my sprint coach and hurdle coach and, and, uh, and Vaughn was my field, my uh, distance coach. And so I was very fortunate to have those two guys who were very good. 
and they were working on their master's degrees. And then uh, I, so I coached all the field events for the women and all the field events for the men. Wow. So I was busy. Very busy. Very busy. Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> too, too, too busy. In fact, I was just looking at a, at a roster for the Air Force Academy and uh, they have 10 coaches for track and field up there. Wow. Which is amazing. You know, they they have a coach who just coaches high jumpers. Now for all this, a coach who just coaches pole vaulters. Yeah, that's amazing. Go ahead. Now, yeah. of all those great years of track and field, we never have been able to get in El Paso an indoor track and field facility. No, that's expensive. I mean, they, uh, at one time they were trying to do one downtown, and uh, the cost of the track is very expensive. And then you figure that you need the facility that it has, that's going to fit in. You know, because like you look at the Haskins facility where the, the inside looks very large, but it's, it's not big enough to, uh, to hold an indoor track. So we, we, we didn't have one. The closest one we had was in Albuquerque and that was at the fairgrounds. And, uh, you know, it was indoor, but it was cold, uh, in there and, uh, you could, it was used a lot for the ranch and farm stuff. So it had a nice fragrance to it also. Um, but I mean, that was the closest one we had and it wasn't, it wasn't really super nice, but it's very expensive to have that facility. Um, when you see a school like the air force that has an indoor facility, that that indoor facility, um, is big enough where they open doors and they can have part of it, uh, used for football training, you know, in, in the winter and they can have basketball in there and they can have other things in there. So it, it's a multiple use facility. And, uh, I think that's, that's where you see those indoor facilities on a campus, but not many schools have a really outstanding indoor facility. But there's nothing like watching the magic and the beauty of an indoor track meet. Is there? Uh, no, it's very exciting because you're, you're right on top of everything right. and you're real close to everything. And probably the most exciting one to go to would be the Melrose games which uh, we used to go to every year. I mean, we would be invited. We may have not many athletes because that was by invitation only. And so they had to pay the athletes way to come there and they had to pay their room and board. But we'd go back to New York and, you know, there'd be 17,000 people in that place screaming and yelling. So it was pretty amazing. Now you were inducted into El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame in 1995, along with Jerry Bailey, the outstanding jockey. Also Mm -hmm. uh, Manny Pasillas. Mm -hmm. Uh, Eddie Mullins, uh, Jimmy Walker, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. just a great class that you were a part of. And as you look back on that particular night, being able to be a part of all the success of the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame, I'm sure that meant a lot to you. Yeah, it was it was really nice. I know that uh, you know a lot of great people have been inducted into that Hall of Fame. When you look back at the history of who's been there and the athletes that have come out of El Paso and coaches and other people who have been associated with, with athletics. A real honor to be in there. You know, I, I guess uh, when I look back at coaching career, I never really had uh, a, a desire to be in a Hall of Fame. I never had, I never really had the desire to win a national championship. I just, I loved coaching kids. And I just wanted to get, get kids and work with them and coach them and make them better. And, uh, you know, and, and what was nice after you do some of that, you get some, you get recognition, you know, they're, 
lot of people in this world who do great jobs in what they do and they never get any recognition for what they do. It's kind of in back in the scene, back in the, in the, in the dark somewhere. But I remember when I was at Cal Berkeley and I'm, I'm not going to remember his name. I'm trying to remember his name. He was an old coach that coached there in the fifties in the late forties, I think. And he was a, he was a writer and a poet. And, uh, uh, he, he attended a, a, a luncheon that was held for the big game. If you remember what the big game is at Cal and Stanford, yes, uh, the big football game out there. And he made a comment. He says, we people in athletics are neither as good nor as bad as we're made out to be, <laughs> but we're on the front page of the newspaper every day. And, uh, we live in a fishbowl. And so it's, it's nice to be seen. It's nice to be recognized. And, uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, being inducted into that Hall of Fame. And then in 2009, you went into the UTEP Hall of Fame, and what a night that was. Bobby Dobbs, who's probably with the greatest, one of the greatest football coaches we ever had. You also went mm-hmm. with Andy Cohen as well that night. Charlie West, an outstanding defensive back <laughs> uh, for the Miners. How cool was yeah. that? Well, it was really cool, and I think I remember sitting there looking at the, at the program going, what am I doing here? <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> these these guys – you know, probably had more of an impact in, in El Paso and were better known. Uh, and, uh, you know, the football programs back when and the basketball programs back when, you know, were really thoroughly appreciated. And so, yeah, it was, it was cool doing that, um, and being in that hall of fame. So, you know, to be in uh, those two, and, and then there was the, the other hall of fame, which was the UTEP track hall of fame. And, um, which is another one, which was uh, what was interesting when they designed it. You had to be a national champion to get in. So uh, that class. that's kind of a yeah, that's a unique unique class. And I think they finally decided, you know, that uh, they would recognize other great track athletes too to be in that Hall of Fame. So that's a pretty pretty outstanding one too. So yeah, I was I was blessed. You know, it's uh, I was blessed. I was lucky. Like I said, um, uh, we had a lot of good, really outstanding athletes that, that wanted to be the very best that they could be. And um, we were fortunate to be at a school that uh, thought track was a, a priority. And so we were funded properly at most of the time. And then later on, funding got tighter and tighter and tighter. Yeah, and uh, I, Which I think is true at all schools in the country now. Interesting, after you coach, you went on, and of course, if they had a Hall of Fame for financial planning, you'd be in that too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think so, but thanks for that. You know, it's interesting, you know, I was in, I was in that for 30-some years, 35 years, and uh, and still, you know, I'd, I'd go somewhere in El Paso and go out to lunch, and somebody come up and go, hey, coach, how are you? And so, the, you know, I was remembered as a coach uh, for years and years after that, which is a uh, it's it's a it's a nice honor to do that. I, I always remember that book that was written by uh, John Wooden, and the name of it was "They Call Me Coach," and uh, I thought it was a real honor to to be called coach for somebody to call you coach. So, yeah, that was that was an honor, and and it was a real honor to um, be remembered by the athletes that I coached, and still today I get calls from them, and both from uh, UTEP and from Cal Berkeley. So, um, yeah, it's a cool, cool time in my life. It'd be, be like any of us. 
who loves sports, if somebody came to you and, uh, and said to you, Hey, how about, would you like to be the assistant basketball coach at UTEP? <laughs> how long would it take you to answer the question? Exactly. It'd be a heartbeat, right? Yeah. And to do it and, and to have the thrill of going through with it and success and then say, okay, I'm going to go try something else. So, uh, so I did. Oh yeah. It was very fortunate, very fortunate. I had a, had somebody who was willing to take a chance on me and Ted Banks took a chance on me to, to coach there. Um, you know, how many people would say, gee, here's a guy who's got an accounting degree. I think I'll hire him as my assistant coach. So, uh, Ted took a good chance to, took a nice chance. Now, as we wrap, thank you. Go ahead, sir. Go ahead. Um, as we, go ahead. As we get ready to wrap it up, what's kind of cool about the fact that, being at UTEP, but also being a part of the El Paso and Fort Bliss community, that had to be special as well. Well, yeah, it was. It was. It was neat because no matter where you, you went, I mean, people around town would kind of remember you, um, and you got to know a lot of people. And uh, so I knew people uh, from coaching who were interested in track and field and who followed UTEP, and was always very proud of UTEP bringing in some some medals and some trophies and stuff like that. And then to get to know so many uh, great people and friends that I had in business all over El Paso. Uh, because when I started my business in that, I had to go out and find clients. And so I would go all over El Paso and meet people and, and uh, develop a friendship with them and then a business relationship with them. And so it, it's a, it's a really nice sized town, you know, almost a million people when you look at that. Uh, but a small town in a lot of ways that people know who you are and they remember you. And, and, uh, that's, that's, that was always very nice and very fun. My daughter went, went away to school and stuff. And when she came home and we'd go to lunch, she said, no matter where we go, somebody knows you. And, uh, I think that's, it's kind of nice to be, have that family feeling around that town. So yeah, it was great, great, great fun being there. And now you live in Colorado Springs, and uh, what has that been like? <laughs> I just moved here a couple of years ago. You know, uh, the last uh, since two thousand two thousand four, I moved to Las Cruces and lived there, and then would commute to El Paso every day because my wife was from Las Cruces and wanted to live there with her friends. And then uh, about two and a half years ago, we bought a place up here. Uh, deciding that uh, we wanted to get closer to some grandkids that live near here. And uh, so we moved up here a couple years ago, and uh, it's really neat. Um, I uh, do some mountain biking, and you can't run out of trails up here to do mountain biking. And then I've taken on a uh, another sport uh, that I'm trying to learn, fly fishing. And, uh, I find it as technical as teaching the high jump or something. So, uh, it's, there's so many good places to go to up here to fish, to go biking and to go hiking and to see a lot of things. And then we've got some grandkids up here that, uh, end up spending a lot of time at our house here. So yeah, it's, it's been, it's worked out real well. And I'm, I'm looking at right now of uh, trying to go over and meet the track coach at the Air Force Academy and maybe um, offer some of my uh, talents from the past one way or the other. I also 
was the head official for the US, for the El Paso Track and Field Association for 29 years after I left coaching. So uh, maybe do some officiating. And you we'll know, see. The one question I want to get in before we break away is the fact that uh, mm-hmm. UTEP used to have that famous track uh, invitational every April. And what a good mm-hmm. event that was to be able to showcase all the talent around the country to come to El Paso and also be able to see all the great athletes in college. Yeah, that was that was a neat time, and it was a time when when track and field was flourishing, and when um, you know schools had uh, for men's track they'd had twenty some to thirty scholarships you know available, and uh, so you have a you could have a full men's team, a full women's team, um, and a lot of great track schools were not too far from Arizona to Arizona State to USC to some of the Texas schools and stuff like that were easy to come in. And over the time, you know, men's track and field now has been reduced to 12 scholarships. And if you go out and try to count the number of athletes you need to put together a full track team, 12 isn't even close. You probably need 30 scholarships to do it. So it's really difficult to, uh, to, to go to an invitational. I went to an invitational at the University of Arizona a few years ago. And it would be like you would you would see an event like the mile, and, and there would be ten schools there uh, for the invitational, and only two schools would have milers. Only a couple schools would have shot putters. Only a couple schools, and so you didn't have that flavor of of looking down and seeing, you know, eight schools and eight schools represented in each lane in each event. Um, so it's you know track and field has really taken a hit over the years. They don't have the financial capacity to put a full team on the, on the field. And um, so it's, it's, it, it, it certainly has changed a lot. It sure has. And I want to thank you, Mr. Waddell, for joining us and being able to give us your insights into athletics in terms of UTEP and also in all your other many opportunities you've had in life to be successful. And thank you again. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, you know, it's it's kind of like UTEP's head pop, pops open every once in a while, and I'm looking at the USA Today from February 24th, and uh, it's all about Texas Western. Yeah. So anybody wants to look at that magazine, uh, the USA Today from February 24th, huge article about UTEP and that, and Don Haskins. Very much so. Very special man, and of course you as well. And yep. Thank you for shaping the UTEP track program along with Ted Banks, and of course. Uh, Mr. Bob Kitchens as well. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Thank you. You have a good day. Thanks for calling. Yes, sir. And again, John Waddell joining us, ladies and gentlemen. And welcome to the Hall, the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame podcast. Thanks to Ace, our producer. And until next time, you all take care, and we'll see you next week.